This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, in Pashas Chukas, there's obviously a lot of discussion about the concept of a chok that one would expect. And many Rishonim say similar things, overlapping things, different things. And the first few pieces deal with that. And and uh, the first one is a Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar. Chukas Atari says the Mefarshim Farshloshim Choykuk Zeres Hamelach. It's sort of a diktat of the king. Kedava Shein Tamon Nodel Lebrius Ain Tamelach. Something that people don't understand, and um, they really are perplexed by it, like a paraduma which is metadatoyim metamis atahorif. The emes he says. Kiapara Aduma is of those folks. In other words, it's true that a paraduma is part of those mitzvahs that we don't understand, but that's not what the main lushan of Chok is. Chok is not a, something that we don't understand, and we do not understand a Chok, but it means something else. paraduma. So Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar gives us a definition of what Chayk is, which is very much rooted in the world of the way Kabbalah understands something. The, um, for instance, let, let's give a simple example. If um, the objects that exist in my frame of reference in, in the, in the in the place that I live, um, are real objects. So I have the cow, and I have sheep, and I have houses, and roads, and rocks, etc. Let's say somebody brings me a picture of a kangaroo. So, I look around, there's nothing in Maryland that, that looks like a kangaroo. There, isn't, there are no kangaroos. So, is it real, or is it not real? That picture, what is it? So, it is not real it, in, in where it's at. In other words, it's not part of my reality, but it is a true representation of a reality somewhere else. So, of the class of, of, the, of the classes of objects that we possess, we can label class A are objects that fully exist within our within our Metzias, and B, things that are representation of objects that don't exist in our frame of reference. So, um, Chok refers to things who in their own right are not part of our reality. So, Lamashal, the mitzvah of Tzedakah, or the Isser of Geneva is part of our reality. It's, it's, it's Tov and Ra defines itself well within that reality, and it's therefore something which we can sense it's Tov and Ra because it's part of our Metzias. Chok is something that, and Paraduma, is something that it's a, it's a picture of something that is a higher, it's a reality someplace else, but not within our world. So, we are, we are absorbing truths when we deal with it, but it's not a truth of the reality around us. 
That is the concept of chok, the way he explains it. Um, the, the, uh, now, the truth is, um, the Mekubalim went a step further, and they saw the entire Bria, with all the mitzvahs, as being all, all types of chukim that one would say over here. They all represent things that are much more abstract and much more quote-unquote true reality, but that don't have existence in our world, and all, we, all we're doing is simply alluding to it. There is, um, there is a um, medrash, the tantalizingly close medrash. The medrash says that Moshe Rabbeinu, that HaKadosh Baruch told him, Ani b'maasai I will do the things and you paint them with your paints. In other words, when we make, for instance, a Mishkan, the things that we put into the Mishkan are representative elements of a higher world and a higher reality, and that's how we relate to it. And, and, and in a sense, the Kabbalah does that as well. Yes? Rabbi, if it's a higher reality that we can't understand... How does the representation help us relate to it at all? Okay, so the the the, um, the answer is at least we get a sense of it. For instance, let's, let's take an example. Not with a kangaroo, we certainly can get a sense of a kangaroo watching him in a movie. Let's say whatever it is. But let's say something else. Let's say a blind man reads books using braille, and uh, or. Um, uh, you know, somebody reads in books, and he reads a lot about light. Um, he'll never, as long as he's blind, he'll never know really what light is, but he can use it, he can learn to use it expressively in a way that there's almost an intuitive sense of it. And we'll see later that Kata speaks about, about this type of Indian, where um, one can gain, he says, uh, he says later, that uh, Olam Haba is something we can't ever have full-on knowledge this world, but we could have an intuitive sense of it. So it's something which we are better <coughs> off knowing about it, but never quite to think that we have the thing itself. Um, the um, Now, he says another reason. The Oidnikram Chukim, he brings, he says, this Chukzah Torah, the Sarm Shaleach, and Paraduma, and Klayim. The Oidnikram Chukim, Meloshen Gvul. The word Chok is Meloshen of a Gvul, a boundary. Keinye Shekosov Ashasamti Chol Gvulayam. I've put down sand as a boundary to the Yam. Chok Olam Vuloyavrenu. It is a perpetual statute never crosses over it. Or it says, What it means is, this is the boundary and limitation of human understanding. Let's um, talk a little about this um, in two levels. First of all, um, in the um, in the common denominator of 
secular, let's call it philosophy, or let's um, philosophy of the secular versus religion, there's an overlapping area, and that is Seichel and Das. Seichel and Das is used by the secular to understand the world around him and to come to conclusions about about the world around him and what's right and what's wrong, etc. And a Torah person is supposed to use his seichel a lot. He's supposed to um, study Torah, understand it, and uh, basically the, 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 the top of the mountaintop is the person who sits and learns and, and, is, and is constantly understanding deeper and deeper. So one asks, well, what is the difference between the two? Um, yes, so we, we accept we feel that you know there was a revelation, etc. But what inherently is the um, is the is the real nafkimina? And the answer is as follows: secular um, the secular philosophy, in its Weltanschauung, takes it takes on that the human brain is capable of understanding everything, to some degree at least. We may not be able to do phenomenal calculations, but there's nothing... It, it, the mind balks at the idea of there being something that our mind cannot understand. I remember as a young boy, whenever I was told it's something that you won't understand to grow up, it would make me very, very upset. I, I didn't believe that that was true. Um, well, you know, I, you know, it's the same brain, just a little bigger. I might be able to do calculations quicker, I might be able to add up larger columns and numbers, what does it mean you won't understand it until you grow up? It, it would get me very, very annoyed. Um, the, the, so the secular attitude is the human mind is capable of understanding everything. That which the human mind takes as being absurd is absurd, period. And that's all there is to it. Um, the, um, and, and the truth be said, even if a person were to accept the human mind might have limitations, but what's the alternative? Um, is is the um, the witch doctor better? Better the, the shaman is a better? Is that any better? I mean, what's he basing it on? The the um, understanding of the religious person is that if the seichel is a bria, then it must have boundaries, and those boundaries um, are going to limit the things that seichel can describe absurd or possible or exists. Those, the, that very primary categorization that the mind makes is a good categorization provided we understand the mind comes with a built-in limitation. It's a piece of flesh. It has an operating system that is you know, 3.0, 5.0, 100.0. It's, it's limited. And, um, and therefore, the, the, we, we, we're going to accept that the mind is a very significant part of understanding wisdom, but it's not the ultimate arbiter, and a true revelation can, only, can be the only ultimate arbiter of right and wrong and, and true and false, etc. The, um, the, the Akadosh Baruch Hu gave us a series of mitzvahs that are beyond the mind because part of it, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar says, is to bring home the idea 
but this belongs to the other side of the gevul. This belongs to the other side of of of, of that boundary, and 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 to, it keeps reinforcing in our in our um, in our mind the 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 boundaries, the limits of the human mind. That's a very very important piece of 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 MS is to understand there is a boundary up to where we understand, past that we don't understand. That's the point that Berukhai makes. There's a second point that I would like to point out. Um, the phenomena, the vast majority, majority of the phenomena that we're familiar with are a continuum. It's hot, hotter, very hot, extremely hot, terribly hot, excruciatingly hot. Um, we don't any boundaries we make to say that if it's 79 degrees in the room it's not uncomfortable if it's 80 degrees it is uncomfortable is um, very very I mean it's kind of nitpicking I mean as long as you got to do it you just set the thermostat but but it's meaningless um, there's a very famous paradox logical paradox that's built on this on, on not recognizing this issue um, for instance they, they pose the following question. A person who is absolutely cleanly shaven and he has one hair on his head, is that a beard? And the vast majority of people will answer no. Okay? What if he has two hairs and he's not a paraduma? Does he have a beard or not? And most people will say no. So finally, you know, at some point the person will get tired and they'll say, yes, he has a beard. Now he has a beard. So say, okay, fine. Can I quote you that the 173rd here is the beard? Um, and, uh, and then you get very frustrated and annoyed and you say no and yes and whatever. The, the way out of, of this paradox is as follows. If a beard was a metzias, um then it would be either yes or no. A beard is really an adjective. It means someone whose face is hairy. That's what it means. So, one here is he is a incy bincy bincy little bit bearded. And two is a bitty bitty more and, and so on and so forth. There is no a beard if, if a beard would have like a federal regulation. Like let's say the, the federal government would have an eight step the Democrats long enough in the power and we'd have federal regulations for beards. So, so then we could probably come up with a statute mind the word statute again, for beards. You know, 1,943 hairs is a beard. And um, a, a, a deluxe beard might have a few more hairs. But, but, that's, but, but that's a definition that we find um, most things in the world are range more and a little bit more and so on. One of the, um, one of the um, surprises of quantum physics was that things don't radiate, energy does not radiate in a continuum, it actually comes in discrete packets, which seems very counterintuitive. We all have our experience, all like that. There are things that are hot, hotter, there's, you can have an infinite amount of degrees on, on, on um, coming out of uh, a, a heater. That's, but, but be it as it may, um, the, the, any time there's a kvul, the Gemara, the Mishnah says that, um, you know, that 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 din is something that says, uh, you know, exact exact amounts. 
Memso Chosa Achas is going to be is 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 going to be Tomei. Memso is absolutely Tor. One is one is Tomei, one is Tor. The, the the concept of Gvul is a concept that is artificial. Akharish Baruch put a boundary into the world. Um, for instance, let's take an example. Let's say you have people invited in a court in a yard for some sort of celebration. There will be a scattering, a fairly even scattering of people over the yard. If there's a house, they'll all be in the house, and, the, and those walls are the gvul. So Akharish Baruch in some places made gvulos, which almost now mind artificially contained that which is in it. So when you have sand on a beach and, a be- and the water never seems to rise above the sand, the sand functions, appears to us to function as a gvul. Chok, he says, the fact that our mind can understand many things well, and some things a little more, some things a little less, and some things even less, and so on, that seems, but then there's just the boundary where it, there is no understanding. This is the world where two and two equals five. And, 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 um, that is something that is a gvul. But the concept of gvul, that Kashbrochu, a gvul is something that's alien and artificial to the creation. And that's why Kashbrochu had to put gvulas in, in creation. Because it, it, it's sort of, there's, there's a, a sort of artificiality to it. He then finishes off with the cons- with the difference in chok and cholka, he says. Um, we'll touch briefly on it, it's, it's a Kabbalah issue. He says, you find sometimes in the, the Pasuk it says chayk, and sometimes chuka, with a hey. Um, there are words like that in Lashon Kaj, Laila and Laila, it can have that and, and so on. But he says, He says there's two midas zohar and shamar. One is the, I'm adding, one refers more to mitzvah's essay, one to the los essay. Zohar is the positive element, and shamar is the, is the element not doing and therefore he says, on Korm Pesach, it says, L'choyk Hovonecha, and B'chazmili, you say, Choyk, and Rosh Hashanah, you say, Choyk B'Yisrochu. So, V'amitza, it says, Chuka, Nimshach, Zimidah, Shomer. So you have Zohar and Shomer, two Midas. One is the root of essays, one is the Los essays, one is Zohar, one is the Keva, and that would be Chukosa Tishmaru, and which is talking about the Isaf Kalayim, Eishas Ach, and the Shemata is focused on the Yomida. Notice, wherever you have the word of a Shemata, the concept of Shemira, you would have it in Lashon Ekeva. Um, this is in line with the uh, general sense of things that the Midas, that essays are played in Zohar. Maybe we'll see some of the Pashis when we get the Ramban. And, uh, sorry, and Ekeva is something which is totally in, in the, 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 the Losas are Amid of Nekeva, whatever he, he points this out. Okay, um, we have the next piece of piece in the Akeda, and this deals with people trying to understand Torah in different ways. And he makes here a division into three groups. This division is pretty much across the board in Chazal, you find, uh, Chazal in Rishonim, the Rambam, um, in, in his Akedah he uses this type of division. The Maral uses it in his ways. It doesn't always line up as three, but this is there. Devin Ezra in, in the beginning of his Akedah Well, Chazal. He says, um, when you really understand what Chazal meant, 
in this pasuk of echkim or many will um, will have pshat in in this whole parash over here. He says v'zeh shaboyim l'stoifef b'divat Torah lokus nechus shalosh kitas. There are three groups of people in their approach to Torah. Ha'echa, the first one, hakat ha'amoynis ha'mikabel is called davik eksavam. People um, lower hamon are the the public in its more pejorative sense. Um, the 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 uh, mob, the um, yeah. commoner, masses, the masses, yes, the masses. Um, they accept everything literally. Ha'mikabel is called davik eksavam. They 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 understand all of Torah being literal. All of them have to be literal. If the if the Torah says so, Torah says so. These are literalists without any discrimination whatsoever. Vasheni, the second group, they are people that think about things and pass everything through the seichel. Onlami says, That group itself divides into two. Mehem, They're willing to accept um, anything that the logic has appointed as long as it doesn't contradict the Torah. And they will explain the Torah in a way that is consistent. Um, using something like the idea of the Torah uses a metaphor for many things. So all these descriptions of HaKadosh Baruch Hashem, Erdod, and so on, are metaphors because that is, we know that that's one way the Torah was given. Omnom, he says, Bechom HaShem Mishpat HaSichli, negative Torah, that when the seichel is against the Torah, hinehem yureim lenafshem, they're scared. Vehei amino lo yishma kolo, they will not, they will not uh, listen to seichel. Av yekaimu divratayra veyomru kekatsa seichel mesinehu. They will um, uphold the Torah and say we just don't understand it, like the Rambam Morde Vuchim says in several places. Omnam he says yeshem azid panim there are some mechutzafim. Um, because of what they came up in reasoning like the, the secular philosophers the Goyim and unfortunately some of the Jews I want to talk about a few of these points here um, he, he says something that is remarkable um, and consistent I guess with Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar in that sense on the one hand a Seichel is if Seichel is coming up with a result that can fit Torah, then you, then you should accept it. Seichel is an appropriate tool. It's only when Seichel comes up with something against Torah, then we have a problem. Now, let's explain it. It sounds to us, quote-unquote, ridiculous. Even though we said before there's boundaries, what Seichel understands, doesn't understand, but we, we somehow have an issue with it. I, I want to point out something that we we normally do and is um, and it's something that we, we also do it that way a good scientist plays on is, 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 is doing two things at the same time he's collecting data and he's formulating theories now 
when you formulate a theory, you build it around the data, but it also um, it also requires seichel in terms of formulating it, in terms of figuring out what's the important point. For instance, if a person was doing can research on cancer, he would do smoking as as a filter. Um, he would do, let's say, obesity, etc. But there's no researcher playing with a full deck of cards that would try to figure out if people with the name Max are more prone for cancer than people with the name Eugene. Um, even though, uh, as a scientist, theoretically, he's blind. But let's say the evidence comes in, and it is like that. And and it's uh, and, and you know he keeps trying everything. And maybe Maxes are named for people that that are maybe like heavy set people are named Max. And that's the problem. But let's he eliminates all stuff and he's stuck with that. At some point, he's going to be forced um, by the data to say, I, I don't get it. Strange, but that's what it is. Um, much of uh, m many elements of physics were at the beginning, everything was extremely logical. And as we started going down further and further in terms of the size of the world, it started becoming baffling, puzzling a lot of things. And, and things that are just don't make sense for the mind, but we have no choice and we accept it because it is. In other words, the, the, ben, the, the Baal Torah understands that Seichel is the first tool you use, but the data is what it says in the Torah. Um, so so the, 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 there's always a sort of struggle between the two, um, between the Seichel and the Torah, and we always have to uh, we, we acknowledge the Torah, yes. So, Rebbe, where do you draw the line with that? In other words, why do you say that we are off, we're not going to understand that literally? We're gonna, I'm going to use my seichel to understand right. it differently. Why can't, I mean, uh, using the example of the physicist, why can't he say, well, it doesn't make sense to me, but I'll come up with some way of explaining this um, a way so that it doesn't violate what I would okay. think. So, Vayichar so off is an easier one because that's an internal inconsistency with understanding a Kodesh Baruch The Torah makes it clear that God is not corporal, it, it, may, it says it a thousand times. So we, the Torah itself demands we interpret Yechav differently. The problem will start, let's give a Pasuk. It says that Hashem um, is Now, um, the Psukim do seem to imply that the sun rises uh, and sets. The, that's the thrust of the, the normal Psukim. Now, one can say um, we know scientifically that's not so, and therefore the psukim are a metaphor. Or we could say science doesn't have anything. This is like a paraduma. We need to to tuck our staple away and say this is what the Torah said. Um, you know, the, the question is in that tug of war. Uh, for instance, let's take another one. The Avinezer says that the only type of words in Torah that you're allowed to interpret as a metaphor is something like. Orlas Halev, because the heart doesn't have an Orla to it, and it says that that someday Akashbrochu will cut off the Orlas Halev. There's nothing in the heart that will really be cut off, but rather Akashbrochu will take away the Itzahara. Um, that's because Seichel said there's no, there's no such thing called Orlas Halev, and it's going to mean that. Maybe, why didn't we decide instead to say, well, this is part of where the Torah knows better than us. We have yet to find 
a part of the heart that 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 uh, that's uh, bad and it's hurting. But as a lover, Mashiach will be able to precisely pinpoint the knife and zap out all bad. And why don't we say it that way? I don't know. I mean, Seichel again. Seichel says no. That that pasuk is a metaphor, and it's pasha it's a metaphor, and so on. But if someone would press me hard, if somebody didn't share that sensitivity of thinking that this is a metaphor and this is a thing, I'd, I'd be hard really to find some objective criteria. Um, so basically, it, it, it's it real, real um, defining of things by Torah is always tricky because uh, what we don't know. Do we? How do we do it? Do we redefine it, or do we just say, "Well, the Torah knows better"? We can sometimes. Sometimes it just doesn't seem to be able to redefine it that fast. But um, killing a molek is killing a molek, and uh, therefore we, we at that point we say we have no understanding. Paraduma fits that category. Paraduma seems to be counterintuitive by all counts. Um, how is it that that the same thing can make tome tohar? And, and, you know, the same act defiles one person, makes somebody holy, so, fine, we can, w- w- that really, really seems to be an extraordinary passage. But many other psukim, I don't know, I don't know the answer to that. So he says, the first one is, if somebody learns B'Shitchias, he's a Pesiyamim Choldava. In other words, if a person doesn't use any discriminatory power, and this is, I guess, in a certain sense, in a broader sense, the difference between the, the justification for learning eon as opposed to just absorbing the material. Um, absorbing material without some filter, without some sense of what's right, what's metaphor, um, and so on, is is not is is lacking. Term. So Pesin's Yamakoldava means. Um, he quotes a pasuk here. Um, it says. Midarkov Yispa Suglev Umaalov Ishtov Pesiam Holdov Noviav Lashure Chochem Yori Vesar Mira Oksul Misavotech. So he explains here each of these Midas Suglev is somebody who doesn't really discriminate and doesn't understand well. Um, and the, um, that's one end of it. So Suglev falls into the trap of Pesiam Holdova simply believes everything and doesn't in any sense sorry, discriminate anything. Kiyama minim and 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 the um, and the thing that he feels is Pesiam Khaldova for sure, he says, Some believe God can have a nose and God can have this, God can have that. He named Does if somebody believes that in the stomach of a um, frog they have a huge mouth. In other words, it's it, it just it's impossible at all accounts. However, that a wise man will understand it, but um, he says, he, he shows in this Pasuk both the people that use their mind and step back when they're overwhelmed by, by, by when the Torah is not like that, as opposed to people just use the Iyun Ayuni, and he says, A fool is arrogant and is self-confident. So the, the, he's telling us these three things, you have the people that swallow everything, hook, line, and sinker, always, non-discriminatory, these are fools, and Ma'avis Torah, 
you have the people who trust their minds anything that in Torah doesn't fit in they, they dump those are also fools in a d- different sense it's a person who uses seichel but double checks against the Torah that the Torah said it's um, you know it's, if, if, if it's, like, it's like when you do the problems in a math book and then you look at the answer section and the answer section doesn't agree with you you say to yourself you know I don't know how they got it I'm, 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 I've been you know, I thought I had it right but I guess it's back to the drawing board again so those are the um, the different approaches to Chachmas in general, and, um, and therefore he elaborates. There's a piece later on about uh, where Seichel comes in and so on. Well, yes. I mean, Rabbi, maybe it's opening a can of worms, but you know, with the Maitah Berishas, yeah, whether we're going to understand that as a muscle or literally, I mean, how does that? When one That's side can say the other side is being a petty and that the other side can say not being mommy. And not only can they say it, but they actually in fact say it. Those are very hot. The g- gingerly one one can use... The first thing is one has to be honestly open to both possibilities. Even if the world says uh, crea- they have a very, very different picture of creation, um, we think differently. We, 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 you know, the Torah is different. We have to give in. So, person has to make sure that he's not looking over his shoulder to see the guy laughing at him, and if it bothers him. If we look, but there comes the ruach of Chazal. Um, you know, it's it's something which you'll, you'll see Chazal will, will certain parshas Chazal will give it all sorts of explanations. But in certain parshas they don't seem like that. In my, in my celebrations, it we show him say maybe one in a thousand understands what it's talking about. So the truth be said, we are a little stuck. It's hard to give definitive answers of where be right and where be wrong. Um, it's just an attitude where somebody is, is cleaning, like somebody is, is, is taking everything and just making it one big metaphor, and it's and he's affected an awful too much about whatever else thinks. That's, I guess, when people feel that way. But uh, it is hard. One would be hard-pressed to find objective criteria. Okay.